Amen. Well, it is officially 2023. It is the new year. And, uh, and as we kick off the new year, you know, and we have this little tradition where we do resolutions. And so I know um, Pastor Rick asked yesterday if you were here, I'm going to ask you guys, anybody in here do New Year's resolutions? Um, yeah, it's kind of like a thing of the past I've noticed. And, and I wonder, I wonder if it's because we all fail. How many of you in, in here have failed at a New Year's resolution? There we go. There's the hands. That's the question he should have asked yesterday is how many of us suck at life? Um, and it's all of us, right? We, we struggle. And, and it now, man, we had, we had COVID, this pandemic, all this, and all of us are like, dude, I'm done. Like 2023, I just, I just want to be alive this year. If I can just be alive, no inflation, none of that. Um, and that's my goal, just to survive. Um, and so I'll be honest, I typically do them. And even this year, I found myself with nothing. Like, I just, I just want to get through the year, please. Um, but, but New Year's resolutions are a big thing. Um, and as we, as we do them, it's a time of self-reflection. I'm going to encourage you. I want to encourage you, even though none of you have raised your hand, even though I know this, most of you have nothing, I want to encourage you to it. But I want to give you some facts about them, at why all your hands are down. 43% of all people expect to fail before February. Isn't that amazing? 43% of people that actually do a resolution expect to fail before February. Every single one of you that didn't make one expected to fail way before then. That's why you didn't even try, right? Um, and so, um, and almost um, one out of four quit within the first week of setting the resolution. Isn't that amazing? One out of four who actually set one who expected to fail anyways just quit within a week. It's like, and it's hard. I've got kids to feed and bills to pay. Um, and then most quit before the end of January. Only 9% of those who set resolutions see their resolutions through, through succession. So isn't that amazing? Only 9% of those who set out to do it. And so we had like five people raise their hand. That means all of you are failing. 9% of fives, less than one. So good luck. Good luck. Um, but um, I, I want you to be encouraged though. I know it doesn't sound like it. You're like, man, did I really come to church? I thought this was supposed to be encouraging. I thought we were, you know, going to be lifted up. All you've done is just crap on my life so far. I promise it gets better. It gets better. Um, it may get worse first. Um, but tonight's message is called this, breaking through. Breaking through. And what, what I want to encourage you to is breaking through the status quo. Um, and, and I don't want you to leave here um, inspired to go set a resolution. I don't, um, because they're wrong. Um, it, it's, not, it's not the right approach. What I want to do is encourage you to break through the status quo by, by focusing on the thing that, that will lead to success in your life inadvertently. Um, you know, it's amazing. You know, I, I got sober um, without trying to get sober, right? That was like, it was a byproduct of, of what I was doing. I was doing something else and this happened. Um, I, I have a good marriage as a byproduct of, of doing something else in my life. And that's what I want you to see tonight. That's what I want you to hear, that, that you can be encouraged to break through the areas of your life, to find success by focusing on the right thing. And so you may be asking yourself right now, what in the world is the right thing? What, what should I do? What should I ask myself? I'm glad you guys asked. We're going to get there. Um, and it begins with, with setting the right kind of goals, with the right kind of focus. And I want to start tonight um, in Lamentations. Lamentations was written by Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet. Before Jesus, he was known as the weeping prophet, which if you are familiar with the word Lamentations, you're like, that makes sense, to lament, to be sad. Um, but this guy called people to repentance, right? He, he called the nation to, to focus on the right thing so that they could find success. And in Lamentations 3, starting in 37, 
It says, who can command things to happen without the Lord's permission? Does the most high send both calamity and good? Then why should we mere humans complain when we are punished for our sins? I want to stop right there. He's like saying, hey, listen, like we complain that our life's a wreck and and we cause it to be a wreck anyways. It's our own doing. And oftentimes it, it is mostly our doing. But then he says this in verse 40. He says instead, say instead. Instead, let us test and examine our ways. Let us self-reflect. And and that's what the New Year's should be about. That's what every day should be about. It's where we look in the mirror and we test and examine our ways. In this next part, he says, let us turn back. Say turn back. Turn back back to the Lord. And so as we test and examine our ways, the focus should be what? Turning back to the Lord. To, To realign ourselves with God's word to realign ourselves with God's plan, with God's purpose. And and oftentimes when we make resolutions at the beginning of the year, it's like, um, well, I want want to, to get out of debt. And we, we make that, that resolution, we pursue that goal completely absent of God. And it fails. Why? It's absent of God. And, and it may, God wants us to maybe move that direction. I believe he does. He doesn't want us to be trapped in debt, but, but it has to be in alignment with that. Maybe you, you set out to, to put down cigarettes. That's a super popular one, right? We're going we're gonna to get off nicotine. And, uh, and we do that. I had that resolution, I think, for like 15 years. And for 15 years, it failed until I brought that goal in alignment with God's word and God's will, and, and I did it for him. And then you know what I found? I found success. Without the gum, without the patches, without the vape, God, God gave me something because it was for him in pursuit of him. And so let us test and examine our ways and let us turn back to the Lord. It's with that mindset. And, and so that, that's what's missing. That's why we fail. That's why 43% of us expect to fail because we've been doing it wrong since the very beginning. I want to share with you out of Psalm, Psalms 119 starting in verse 58. Um, and it's just another, again, another perspective on, on the same thing. And the psalmist here, he says, with all my heart, I want your blessings. Be merciful as you promised. Man, who wants that, right? That's what we want. We want God's blessing. We want God to be merciful. When we look at our life, I would imagine this, every single one of us in the room, I say, whose goal for 2023 is that? We all, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take some of that, Right? Well, how do we get there? How do we get there? He says this, I ponder the direction of my life. Again, that self-examination, that that goal setting, where am I at? What am I doing? I ponder the direction of my life and I turned to follow your laws. Again, that as as we do that, as we see where we're at, as we see what we're doing, we do it as if we're doing it for the Lord. No matter what it is, no matter what you're pursuing, that that, that's where success is found is, is lining it up with what he would have us to do. And he continues, he says, I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. It continues, this evil people try to drag me into sin. And we get pulled away sometimes. I know there's so many things in my life that I've pursued right where the people that I used to do wrong with were right there trying to get me back into it. And and he says this, even that, but I am firmly anchored to your instruction. Again, that when we find ourselves lined up with what God would have us to do, what he wants us to do with God's word, pursuing his presence, we find a new type of success. And so tonight, um, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to, to pursue this year differently. I hope that even though none of you have resolutions, I hope you have ambition for your life of some kind. I hope that everybody in here, my prayer for you is to want better. We should never stop 
desiring to grow. We should never stop desiring to pursue God in new exciting ways to find success. And so I'm just gonna assume you all want that um, and you'll be encouraged towards it. And as I do that, I want us to look at Peter. Um, This is Peter who was Simon, who was a disciple of Jesus. He was one of Jesus's 12 and he was part of Jesus's inner circle, right? He was close to Jesus. And so we're gonna look this evening and attempt to learn some things that will allow us to approach this year differently. Hopefully finding inspiration and breaking free of all the things that have held us back, of all the things that keep us stuck in the rut, that, that put us in this position where none of us even wanna attempt to do anything better. Like, so how do we get out of that? And as I share um, tonight, I'm going to be in Matthew, Matthew chapter 14. um, And we're going to start in verse 22. Uh, Matthew, it's in your New Testament. Your Bible is divided into two sections, Old Testament, New Testament. Matthew is the first of your gospels. It's also the first book of the New Testament. And it tells about the life and the ministry of Jesus. And so here in chapter 14, um, it says immediately after this, um, so the disciples, they'd done this great thing. They'd been ministering with Jesus. And immediately, Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. Sending them home, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Night fell and he was there alone. And so what had happened is they'd fed all these people after Jesus had ministered. And then Jesus saying, hey, you cross to the other side. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go like re-energize. I'm gonna go be by myself. I'm gonna go pray. And so Jesus sent them to cross. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. And so here's like the, the Sea of Galilee. It sits in a bowl, basically. Jesus had went up on a hill. The disciples began to cross this lake. It's not like Claremore, Claremore Lake. Like it's like a sea. It's much bigger. And, and as they're crossing it, this storm, which um, the area is notorious for this, these storms would sweep in suddenly. And so what looked like a nice evening as they begin to cross, I'm sure, um, turned terrible as they're out there. And And so here you have the disciples, they're in the boat, strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, I love this, about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on water. When the disciples saw him on water and they were terrified, in fear, they cried out, it's a go. So you have all the disciples and they're in the middle of this moment. They fear for their lives. Jesus at first, he's nowhere to be seen. And then there he is in the, in the middle of all of it. In the middle of the storm, Jesus begins to present himself, but they don't see him at first. And oftentimes we're just, we're not looking for him. We're not expecting him. I imagine it was the last place they expected to see Jesus, right? Last they seen him, he went up the mountain to pray. And so as he's there, it was unexpected They didn't recognize him. It says they were terrified in their fear. They cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. I love that. Right in the middle, in the place they least expected it. There Jesus is. And he says, man, take courage. Don't be afraid, take courage. I want to note the storm's going on. Like it hasn't stopped, right? (laughs) Strong wind, waves, they're fighting. But Jesus is there and he says, take courage in the middle of all of it. Then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And I, I love Peter's faith here. I love Peter's heart. Even though he gets a bad rap, he's like, Listen, I went out of this boat. These guys are going down. Jesus, I want to get to you, right? Tell me to get out of the boat. Come walking on the water. I just imagine 
how bad the situation in the boat had to be for Peter to even think, I want to get out of this. Can I, can I get out there with you? Um, and so he said, man, come to me. Um, and Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. He said, and he said, yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. I mean, think about that. Here, here Peter is fighting for his life, middle of the storm. And Jesus shows up and he says, man, Jesus, Jesus called to me. I know that if you call to me, I can do this. And at once, Peter leapt out of the boat didn't sink, finds himself on solid ground in that moment, and he begins to walk towards Jesus. And the first thing I want you to know tonight about that is um, we need to break through our fear. We need to be bold. And point number one is this, bold faith allows us to experience big things. That, that as you're facing the new year, that, that if you're willing to do the unexpected, if you're willing to, to do the crazy, right? The guy jumped out of a, a boat onto water with Jesus. If you're willing to have bold faith come into this year and pursue him in, in different ways, that big things will happen. Big things will happen in your life. Big things will happen in your recovery. And I'm not saying just go out there and be wild. I'm saying align yourself with God's word and don't, don't hold back that, that if God has said he's with you, he's with you, right? And you can do it. Notice that Peter didn't jump out of the water till Jesus said, come to me. It aligned with God's word. Jesus said, come out of the boat. What Peter do? Got out of the boat. Not a moment for. He didn't, he didn't act without God's word being present in his life, but once it was there, he could be bold and we can be bold too. There's things that we can pursue. There's things that we can do. There's areas of our life where we allow ourselves to be held back and we don't have to because Jesus said, hey, come this way. Come, come towards me. Walk with me. Be free of that in my life. Bold faith. Bold faith in your life allows you to experience big things. And so as you're evaluating yourself this year, break through the fear. Break through the fear. Stop allowing yourself to be held back and do something unexpected. Do something unexpected. You'll be amazed at where it takes you. I know when I was stepping into ministry, when I was doing this, this was insane. It was insane. And I never thought I would be here. I never thought I would be doing this. None of it made any sense. But you know what I heard first before I made that decision? I heard inside of here, Jesus's voice saying, get out of that mess and come follow me. And I had people in my life that loved me that said, no, you're going the wrong direction. No, you can't do this. But, but I heard his voice. And because of that, I acted out of faith. I was bold and my life was forever changed. And yours can be forever changed too if you would open yourself to a move of God in your life. If you would open yourself to his voice. If you would be obedient when he calls you. Imagine if, if Jesus said, yeah, come on. And Peter said, no, nah, I'm good. Never mind. Jesus out there, what? Like, I, I said, come, let's go. But that's what we do. That's what we do. We cry out to God and we say, God, I need you in this moment. Father, I'm so tired of being a broken alcoholic. And, and, and Jesus calls us, says, I want you to do this. You'll be free. No, never mind. Right? Like, that we call him, we ask him, we pursue him. He gives us the answer. It seems too crazy. And we say, I'm good. I'll stay right where I'm at. And Peter had that opportunity. But out of every disciple, only one walked on water. Out of everyone in the boat, only one experienced that miracle with Jesus in that significant way. And there's times in our lives where we can be Peter or we can be the other 11 sitting in the boat saying, yeah, I'll stay right here in the middle of this storm. And so bold faith, 
Bold faith allows us to experience big things. Next, in Matthew 14, 30, and this is where Peter gets a bad rap, which I think is just not warranted, considering, again, he did walk on water. No one else did. Um, But in verse 30, it says, but he saw the strong wind and the waves, and he was terrified. Say terrified. He was terrified, and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And so he, he called out to Jesus. He told Jesus what he needed. Jesus responded. And, and at first, Peter gets it right, right? He starts pursuing it. He jumps out of the boat. But along the way, something happened. He got distracted. Anybody in here ever get distracted? I know I've been distracted a lot. I look back at the first couple years of stepping in into uh, ministry and church work, and it was can I tell you this? It was nothing like I expected. Like, it was way harder. Um, it's, and it was just like all of these things. And, and my life was a wreck. And I was pretty sure my wife hated me um, at the beginning there. And she just laughs and said, and say, no, baby, I didn't. She just kind of chuckles. That's scary. Um, but it, it wasn't anything, right? And so I'm, I'm pursuing it. And I'm trying. I really am. And, and, but I'm really failing in a lot of ways, too. And, and I'm distracted. And I'm discouraged. And, and I found myself multiple points over the last five years questioning questioning am, am i am i doing what i'm what i'm supposed to be doing and, and it's like i forget i forget that jesus said get out of the boat aaron come this way like i just lose sight of it and and i begin to sink and, and peter did that he took his eyes off of jesus and he began to slip below the waves and, and point number two is this breaking through world distractions break through worldly distractions and be focused but remain focused on what matters that, that when Peter was walking, if he kept his eyes on Jesus, he kept himself above the waves, on top of the water. But we have to remain focused on what matters. As he took his eyes off of Jesus and put them back on the storm, and remember the storm didn't stop. When Peter jumped out of the boat, it was still going. Nothing, nothing had changed except Peter's proximity to Jesus. And as he moved forward, the moment he put his eyes back on the world, he began to fail. And that's what happens to us. We cry out to God, God, I want to do better. Help, help me this year, 2023, it's going to be my year. I'm going to have a good marriage. But you know what? Next month, bills hit, bank account's empty, and you begin to focus on that, and stuff with your wife goes down. You, you tell yourself, I'm going to be a part of 21 days of prayer. I'm going to be committed. I'm going to be present. And then Friday rolls around, and you're tired. I get it. I'm going to be tired too. And you're like, I'm going to sleep in today. And then you sleep in Friday, if you miss Saturday, don't show up on Monday. Or you can be in the camp where none of you committed because there was only like 30 of us here. So I imagine I'll see all of you tomorrow. Um, <laughs> no. but, but we take our eyes off of it, right? Because life keeps happening. And our heart's in it. It's in the right place, but, but we lose sight of God. We, we, we forget what he's told us. We begin to lose faith and, and we begin to fail. But if we want to break through, we have to remain focused on what matters. And what matters is what God said. What matters is what God can do. And, and I get it, bills are important. You need to pay them, you need to have a job, you need to do all of those things. But the priority, the priority needs to be pursuing Jesus in all of it. No matter who you are, what you're going through, you can come to me with, with anything 
anything and I can look at you and I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, no matter what you came at to me, the number one priority in your life should still be Jesus. But how many times do we deviate? How many times do we take our eyes off what matters for something that's insignificant? For something that, that doesn't carry the same way? And again, if we want to have a breakthrough, we need to remain focused on what matters. It continues in 31. It says, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. As soon as Peter cried out to Jesus, Lord, save me, he was right there, right there and begins to lift him out of the water. And he says to him, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. I love that. It was after all of this, after the walking, the sinking, the rescue, that they're back in the boat, that Jesus finally stops the wind and the waves. He could have done it at any point, but he wanted the journey with Peter, I believe. I believe he just wanted to, to help him, man, to see that he was gonna be faithful no matter what and all of that. And, and, and that's a truth I think that we can all walk away with, that it may not stop immediately, but, but Jesus is faithful through it all. This is when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped, then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. They really are the son of God. And so as we continue, I, I want to do this. So we've been in Matthew. We've been in Matthew 14. We've been looking at Peter. Um, and Peter gets a terrible rap in this, right? You have little faith. And, and we all talk about how he failed. And, and even throughout the Gospels, Peter, he gets this reputation as a hothead and a failure. And, and he was all of those things. He was, but, but he was something else too. And if you guys jump over with me to Acts um, Acts chapter three. And so you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's our gospels, right? The life and the ministry of Jesus. And, and Acts is um, Acts of the Apostle. That's like the planting of the early church. Man, it's an incredible book of the Bible as the Holy Spirit's moving, doing incredible things. And it's just great. I encourage you, man. If you want, if you want something exciting, read through it. So you're getting your year started off. But Acts three, starting in, in verse one, it says, Peter and John, so these were, you know, Peter that couldn't walk on water and John, another one of the disciples, went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. I want to back up just for a second. So this is Peter who walked and talked with Jesus and he found time for a prayer service. So again, I'm going to push the 6 a.m., you know, 21 days of prayer. If it's good enough for the disciples, probably good enough for you. Um, but <laughs> he said, as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, um, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them, for some money. So here, Peter and John, they're going to the temple. They're, they're diligent in their faith. They're going to prayer like we all should. Um, and, and there's this man, this man, he's begging there. And as he sees Peter and John comes, he does what he does with everybody and says, can I have some money? And, and I love the response. Peter and John looked at him intently. And Peter said, look at us. He's like, bro, do we look like we have anything? Like, and, and I get it. He's like, look at us. The lame man looked at them expecting some money. He's like, man, we don't, we don't have anything. He continues, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. I, I don't have what you're asking for. You know, Peter had, had what he needed. I love this. He says, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man 
by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with him. That, that's Peter that couldn't walk on water. That's Peter that lost his way. That's Peter that Jesus said, why do you have so little faith? Why did you doubt me? That Peter healed a man outside the temple. And point number three, we got to break through the status quo and be relentless. And we do this by relentlessly pursuing what God has for you. By relentlessly pursuing what God has for you. How, how did Peter that, that failed this test of faith go from that to Peter that healed a man outside the temple? It's because he was relentless in his faith. He didn't stop pursuing. When he failed at his resolution one weekend, he kept pushing forward, right? He didn't stop. He looked at what God had for him, where God wanted him to go. And, and through it all, in spite of it all, he kept pushing forward. And relentless, I love it. It means constant, incessant. Incessant, I love this last part, inflexible. That we relentlessly pursue what God has for you, that, that we're, we're obnoxious with it, right? That, that it's the whole world's like, what are you even doing? Like you failed 10 months ago. You say to them, I'm still got this, man. I don't care what you say, I'm, I'm after it. That when everyone else looks at you, you're foolish. What are you doing? You say, no, I'm, I'm driving forward. And you know what? You'll get there. You'll get there, even in the middle of the failures. You'll get there. Peter failed time and time again. He failed more than just on the water that day. I wrote some of them down. One time, Jesus was ministering right to the community, and kids wanted to come be in the presence of the Lord. And Peter strong-armed children away from Jesus. I mean, think about that. This guy didn't get it. He was so blind to who God was, he kept children away from him. He argued, when you hear the story about the disciples arguing who was the greatest, like that was Peter. Peter was there. He didn't get the whole concept of, of the humble ones inherit the kingdom, right? He's trying to tell all the other disciples he's better than they are. Did you know this? Peter and John kind of used to, they battled it out when they followed Jesus. There was tension between them. That Peter, the one that failed often, he got it. This is Peter, he resisted the single greatest reason that Jesus came to be. That as Jesus told him, I have to give up my life for the sins of the world, Peter stepped up and told Jesus, no, I'm not gonna allow that. They argued blatantly with Jesus. This Peter began to get it. Peter denied Jesus three separate times. Three separate times after swearing that he wouldn't do it. And that same Peter, when Jesus was crucified, and when he was executed, he not only ran for his life, he ran from his calling. He went back to fishing and he gave it all up. And still yet, Jesus called him, Peter relented, he pursued the calling. And because of that, God not only restored, but added to all the things that Peter did. And eventually, Peter became so filled with the Holy Spirit, so faithful in his belief, so strong in his convictions that he went from failing to walk on water to healing a man 
that was crippled, that couldn't walk. And so again, point number three is relentlessly pursue what God has for you. I want to share with you Proverbs 24, 16. It says, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. What that says is, is what separates the godly from the ungodly is the godly keep pursuing the right thing. That in the midst of failure, we say, I'm not done yet. I'm, I'm gonna keep pursuing Jesus even though I've messed it up. I'm gonna keep pursuing my recovery. I'm gonna keep pursuing a better marriage. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep trying to be a better father. No, no matter what, that, that, that's my goal. And no matter what, I'm, I'm gonna be incessant about it. I'm gonna be inflexible about it. I'm gonna relentlessly go after it in spite of every single one of my failures. And that's the only thing that separates us from those that never get it. Like that we, we, we pursue Jesus and then there's some that just quit. And then there's those of us that pursue Jesus and we still mess up. I can't tell you how many times I fail. I lose track even today, even in the season of life, I mess up so much. But you know what? I don't quit. I try to do better the next time. I try to get up the next time. And so to break through the status quo, we have to be relentless and pursue God and everything he has for us. Again, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. And we have to be bold. Say, I'm bold. We have to be focused. Say, I'm focused. We gotta be relentless. Say, I'm relentless. Say, I'm bold. I'm focused. I'm relentless. Right? If we want to face this year and pursue something different and set aside all the crap that's held us back time and time again, we got to be bold. We got to be relentless. We got to be moving forward, right? We got to be focused on what he has for us. And no matter what, no matter how many failures, we don't give up because he doesn't give up on us. No matter what Peter did, Jesus never turned his back on him, even when Peter tried to turn his back on Jesus. And the same is true for our lives. We just got to remain focused on him. Him. Be bold about our faith and be relentless in our pursuit. To recap tonight, bold faith allows us to experience big things. Don't be scared to move and to act on the word of God. If he said it, pursue it. No matter how ridiculous it may be, if he said it, pursue it. Number two, remain focused on what matters. That's Jesus. That should be your priority. If you're setting if you're setting your pursuit of God down for anything else, you're missing it. You've got it wrong. If you've made anything else the priority, your life's out of whack. You gotta remain focused on what matters. And number three, relentlessly pursue what God has for you. Relentlessly pursue what God has for you. That if God's called you to something and he has, if God has a plan for your life and he does, if God's declared purpose over who you are and he did, in spite of your failures, never stop pursuing it. I don't care if you've got knocked down a hundred times. Relentlessly pursue what God has for you. Our action steps tonight. Number one, I encourage you to look back at this past year and identify areas where you could have pursued your faith better. That if you want to set a goal for the coming year, it starts with this. Where did you miss it with God? Not your finances, not your relationships, None of that, the thing you focus on is where did I miss it with God? Number two, write them down and identify ways that you can break through the barriers that you allowed to hold you back. 
You want to set goals that you'll find success on. You want to set goals that, that will change your life. It starts with that. Number three, make yourself accountable to those in your circle. Begin to change them and let people know. You know what? Last year, I didn't go to church like I should. Hold me accountable. I didn't, I didn't pray like I should. Last year, I should have started off 2022 20, with 21 days of prayer, and I didn't. So I'm going to do it this year. Right? Begin, to, begin to set goals, begin to pursue them that pertain to your walk with Jesus. And then be accountable to those around you. Let them know. Let them know what you're doing. Let's do better together. And so all of this, everything I talk about up here, if you haven't noticed, man, it, it's centered around Jesus. It's centered around a relationship with him. It's centered around pursuit with him. And, and so if, if you're in here tonight, and you're, you're pursuing recovery and you're doing it absence of Jesus, you'll, you'll never find the success you're looking for. If you're pursuing a marriage w- without him, you won't find it without him. And so I wanna encourage you tonight to make the biggest and best decision that you can ever make. And that's to accept him as your, your Lord and Savior. And so I wanna encourage you, if you've never done that, we do that by, by realizing we can't save ourselves, that we can't, we can't fix this mess on our own. Believing that, that he's the son of God, that, that he can, and then by making him Lord of your life. And so if you're in here and you've never done that, here at the end of service, we're gonna have our chip prayers and huggers down front and they would love to pray with you and for you and lead you to that relationship tonight. If you're in here tonight and you've done that, maybe you've gotten off track, you've missed it, you've blown it, and you're just like, man, I'm so far from God. Can I ever come home? Absolutely. If you need to recommit tonight, same offer that here in just a moment as they come down, you can come down too. You can recommit your life. You can start off the year. Think about that. You have the opportunity, January 2nd, 2023, to start this year off different than any other year, right? In pursuit of him and you'll find success. And then maybe you're in here and, and you, just, you just need prayer. Like, will, will somebody pray with me? I, I'm just struggling. I have all these things going on. Absolutely. You know, it's so beautiful as we were starting worship. We, we had a group of people right down here in front and, and, and they just, they came alongside somebody. They, they lifted it up in prayer because that's what we do here. We're for you. And that's what we'll do right down here in just a moment. If, if you need that, we want to pray for you. We want to pray with you. This is a house of prayer. And then lastly, maybe you're in here and and God's just been dealing with you that the Holy Spirit's just been nudging you as I've been speaking and, and there's this thing in your life that, that you realize that you need to let go of. Maybe it's, it's a stronghold of some kind, an addiction. Maybe it's a lie you've bought into. It could be any number of things, but, but you realize this, that, that you tried to carry that all last year and it held you back. And God's revealed to you that if you want success this year, you've got to set it down. Well, tonight's that moment. Now's that time. And if that's you, here in just a moment, as they come forward, you can come forward too. And you can pick up one of these white chips. There's nothing special about them. They're not magic. It's a piece of plastic. It's a piece of plastic. But you know what is incredible? You know what, what moves mountains? Our faith. And if you have faith enough to step out of your seat, Jesus is calling you tonight. He's saying, get out of your chair. Get out of your boat. Come down forward. Begin to deal with that. Are you going to respond? Are you going to listen? And when we do that faith, it allows us to move mountains. It allows us to walk on water and to pursuit of God and pursuit of what he has for us. And so if that's you tonight, if that's you, don't be held back any longer. Have bold faith tonight. Have bold faith tonight as you step out. So as we close... I want to encourage you, man, just all of us to stand to our feet and just begin to worship God.